Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. Hey, everyone, and today we're on episode 142 with Jackie Lipinski. Hello, everyone. Oh, man, so excited. Kevin's back. For, he's back. back. I look forward to this every week. I'm like, oh, it's it's Thursday. Can we be here already? Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's nice to be back. Birthday, fun. second COVID shot, uh, two webinars. It was a lot. Like I I apologized in advance. I'm still normally when it's my birthday, I'm right on responding back. Thanks and like having fun conversations with people you don't hear from all the time. And this time I was between only getting three hours of sleep a night, 48 hours after the second vaccine shot for me. And then doing the webinars and having my birthday, it was just like a pure um, emotional coma state for me. I was just, I couldn't. <laughs> Zombie. I don't so, know how you did the webinar. Um, no. When did you do your, adrenaline you do and your slides? Yeah. If, if everyone listening, if you did not watch it, all the slides were, were they created on the actual marker board, whiteboard or on? Uh, yeah, I just took desktop? a, I took a Sharpie marker and paper from the printer and just doodled and then snapped the pictures, scanned it in, cleaned it it's up a, quickly in Photoshop. And I, I was talking to Jackie mm -hmm. about this earlier because we had a very uh, important conference call while I laid down sick as a dog in my bed. <laughs> and, and she was at, and she was like, that was so cool. I was explaining how much harder that was. And she's like, really? I mean, it, you would think it would be easier, but it, it's a lot harder to make sure you write, at least for me, to write legibly. I can't write. And scan it in. No, to then, I can't either. If you, if you don't want the whole slide to show up at once, then you got to split it into pieces and animate that in PowerPoint. And it was probably twice as much work as just making a normal PowerPoint. I like, but the, I like the end result. Like it, I thought it was fun. It was almost like yeah. the slides were important, but like you weren't distracted by them. Like it was just like the straight message of like, oh, what's this going on? And if yeah. like the, the title slide by Kevin Oakley at the bottom, I'm like <laughs> the little stick figure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah it, it also was just an homage to I just want to get back out there because that's when we go and visit builder partners, they're always very concerned about what's the agenda because they want to prep for me and get it all. I'm like, look, let's plan for two or three things. And then the rest of it, I guarantee you, will be driving somewhere doing something else and all of a sudden it'll be like wait what'd you say like to you a sale as a reservation or something will come out of nowhere we're like okay let's go to the whiteboard and let's have an in-depth conversation syndication is often something we don't cover as much in depth on a coaching call over zoom as much as a whiteboard because to explain all the different ways that data gets to a syndication site and who it's for and how that's different from the mls and if you don't draw those things out for people, it definitely, you start seeing eyes glaze over and they're like, uh -huh. yeah. so I'm just, I'm so excited to get back on the road that I was supposed to do a Zoom call for like a three hour Zoom for someone. And then a couple people said, hey, are, are you doing this in person? I said, no, I'm doing it over the Zoom. But then I just reached out to the organizer. I was like, hey, if you want me to come, I, I will come. Like I've got the second Please, shot. Get me, <laughs> get me out of here. I've got four kids. So talk to them on Thursday and I'm heading out uh, <laughs> Sunday night flying down. So this is nice. the beginning. We, we need, we're gonna have to come up with Texas, our own, right? Yeah. Dallas, Texas okay. for a builder 20 group. And I, I feel like I need a, you know, like a really cheesy late night, um, talk show theme music. You know, they have like this really cheesy Jackie. With like the, the band in the corner. These. You're like, looking at me like I'm crazy, I, but I don't really watch them. Like Jimmy Fallon's band or you have like, yeah, like they have a, they have a game show that they only do twice. And so they just make up oh. the super cheesy oh, like intro I, theme. I did like get Kevin out of Ohio is like the theme of the rest of this year. I mean, normally we have a pretty strict rule of only traveling once a month, but I'm 
I feel like I should break that. You could make up for last year. year. Twice a month yeah, is totally okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I'll be on the road quite a bit. Um, we've added a bunch of great team members, so I, I can do that. Too. So what is that? Show at doyouconvert.com if you want Kevin to come out yes. to you. <laughs> yeah. So in the Facebook group and LinkedIn group. And honestly, I'm also going to do something a little bit different when it comes to geogra- geography of where, where you're located. Like if you are in Maine, New Hampshire, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, these are states that I have. I've been to North Dakota and South Dakota personally, but I've never been there to see a builder. So just, you know, like Pokemon, I just want to collect all the states. <laughs> So I'll I'll do a Alaska. free trip uh, if it's on somewhere like that. Be a long long flight up that way, Hawaii. Yeah, so heading to Dallas, Texas for the first, but but not the last trip of 2021. And yeah, we'll make a list in the Facebook group of if you live in the state, your trip can be free plus travel expenses. Oh, man. But speaking of Dallas, deal. Texas, what's happening? What's happening? I'm just what's happening. I've been summit. talking about it all the time. Yeah. The summit there. I've even started. Um, I started putting hashtags. <laughs> I'm like, it's too soon. Oh, but I really? Just was like. Yeah, I don't even know what the official hashtag is, but do I see summit? Do I see summit? summit yeah. 2021. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Dallas, I'm always excited for the summit. I'm I'm looking at flights for some weird reason, even though there's direct flights 20 times out of Tampa over to Dallas. Um, yeah, super excited. It is yeah. August 19th and 20th. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday Friday. Friday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. So that's a little bit different. At the Texan Gaylord Resort, which is which is enormous. I was looking at the pictures. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, make huge. sense how big this is. I like <laughs> Disney World. I, I, it is. It's its own thing. I love it. Yeah, don't they have? They have like a, a recreation of the Alamo inside and a lazy river. I think two pools. There's no disappearing during the summit to go in the lazy river. There's no <laughs> you know like, we're going to see someone stream. with a drink. Yeah, what while is they're Andrew going. What's doing? He's speaking in five minutes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a town. Is, this is where you tell your work. I don't know why, but it's a Saturday Sunday thing too, and then just stay the whole weekend. <laughs> That's so. it's good. Is this the first time we've been at a resort resort? Well, we did. We had the Phoenix Biltmore, but that was like kind of luxury, like relax. But this is this seems more resort resort, <laughs> more amenities. Whatever word I'm trying to think of. It seems different than the Phoenix Biltmore. Well, it is. I mean, it's like you take a little piece of Epcot. Like if you had the Texas Epcot experience there you go. and then combine it with Epcot. the convention center, that would be the Gaylord Texan or any Gaylord resort, really. But mm-hmm. there'll be plenty of space to social distance as much as is necessary by that point. Again, the end of August, it seems like most people who want to be vaccinated by then should be able to, to do so. So we'd still have people every week signing up for the VIP list. Definitely go ahead and do that. That's um, awesome. Because I will not be surprised if it continues. We're going we're gonna to launch a little bit differently than years past, but yeah. I still won't be surprised if it sells out relatively quickly. All Is there a, not a solid date, but like a estimate of when things will go live for launch? Mm, Putting on the no. spot here, like May, mm-hmm. I don't know. No. Like, we're just no. watching the news, taking watching it slow, but news. we will have a save the date um, coming out in there April. For those of you who are you'll on know. the VIP le- list yet, you'll be able to get more information about that. So in other words, get on the VIP list. When you know, we'll know. when we know, you'll know. That's right. <laughs> All right. Say? Moving on to story time. And Jackie, kick us off. Yeah. Sure. So I'm, I have a 400 plus square foot deck and I need new uh, handrails. I know it's it's so nice, but also it's a danger zone because half of it, when we purchased it, half of it never had hand reeling and my son didn't walk yet. And he's walking now, so I can't necessarily go outside yeah, feeling comfortable. Yeah, you need you need handrails. There's definitely like a three-foot drop. So I've been searching miscellaneous sites, railing specific companies, and it's a lot harder to 
DIY hand railings than I thought possible. Like it makes you, no sense on why it's so difficult. Because need I'm like, to oh, know. you DIY, like you are like you build I'm yes, You're, I yeah, I love DIY tools. projects. Gotcha. Yep, I'm I'm That's the plumber. Awesome. I built doors. I made um, stuffed animals. Paint things. Paint things. I'm very. I'm just a creative. I'm, Do it all. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not Ryan Snar that gentleman's amazing, but I am definitely um, more of a creative, (laughs) have to do things constantly. Like this weekend's going to be 60. So I've like, I just literally at lunchtime went out and took strings in my backyard to mark where I'm going to dig things up. And like, I just bought 70 bulbs for my yard. So any super DIYer. So I'm on a ton of sites and I find this website for hand railing The website is terrible. It's so hard to use, but it has this thing where you put in your, your length and then you put in your stairs and it's so clunky and awful. And I've been on it for like hours trying to build out my deck because it, it or the <laughs> railing, because it's like a, it's like a love hate relationship where a company builds technology and you have to learn the technology. And now mm-hmm. I, I know it. So now I'm playing with the configuration and different styles of railing for my deck. So in the end, I, you know, and then it auto generates it's so it actually auto generates a full list of all the things you need to factor down quantity of screws and you just call them or just order it immediately. So you can call them in case you're, you're not confident in, you know, what you selected, but I just thought it was just a wonderful, terrible <laughs> resource option <laughs> for someone who gets extremely in depth because now I actually don't feel comfortable running to Lowe's or Home Depot, just trying to buy railing packages when this whole company is just like here, it's a little more expensive, but you won't forget anything. And we've, we've done all the hard work. So first of all, this is a family program. We might have to bleep this. Well, I'm not actually going to say the bad word, but it sounds like a bad word. But anytime we have this conversation, it always takes me back to a sales manager that I worked with named Maria. Maria, I won't say her last name, but those who know, know. It's Maria. Um, She used to tell everyone that if she, because we didn't allow an optional deck to be added to our homes at Heartland, you had to contract with a deck company and they were all terrible. And so she was always like, hey, if this, you know, new home sales thing ever doesn't work out, I'm starting a company and it's called Girls with Big Decks. So there you go. <laughs> Great name. Like, uh, Whoa. Did that just happen? Maria. Um, Maria, Maria. So, but the second thing is, can you imagine that in the deck building industry somewhere, there will be a panelist who created this program and, and they are talking about how many users they have of their tool. And how they just love they this tool so much that they wish they could spend even more. To, like the average use is an hour. And uh, we hope to get it to go to two hours. And like, that's one of their metrics that they think is important. Uh, like, no, you don't wish you could had to spend hours on this tool. It was simply because it, it wasn't. It was, yeah, fine. it was like, okay, well, put, put your, the length of your deck in north. I'm like, oh, north. Okay, my north. No, like, not my north. north Your like, north. Yeah, why can't I just draw it on a graph sheet? And then, <laughs> it, like, it, it, it was difficult to use. I, I spent time to learn how to use it because I was very much like, okay, you're still the, you're the worst, but you're the best program I've found so far. Mm-hmm. And now that I kind of have a list, I've, you know, been able to cross quote. But I think, unfortunately, my confidence level is weirdly high with them because I felt like they, yeah. they took the, the, the day, time was, to it learn. It was useful. It was useful. You just hope that, again, the people behind that tool aren't looking at the metrics and saying, we nailed it. Like, no reason to go back and make this better because it's awesome. Yeah. Look at the metrics. Look how much time people are spending on there. (laughs) This person from Seattle area did this. Look, it's 
It's amazing. You'll, so in a, my next story time will probably be the either the it positive or negative story. <laughs> yeah. Or just being like, oh, I'm just going to go with wood. Oh I didn't goodness. understand it reminds this metal me railing. Of the potential, not even potential, the complexity of the buying online and every intricacy that has to be taken into account. To so make many it details. Possible. It's just like, Absolutely. oh my goodness. Uh, I have a short, short little story. I had a quick call today. Another builder working on a podcast. I, I don't even know what number this is, but I, I feel like it's six or seven at this point, and it's just exciting. And they're super pumped up about it, so I'm excited for them. Does this builder start with a C? Not a C. Okay, well then it's um, builder number seven. <laughs> builder number seven, um, and they build they build a lot of homes, so it's exciting um, going through them. Like cool, and like leadership's excited. Leadership's on there. Like I'm like, oh, this is this is going to turn out good because usually I feel like it's like. The and if someone's listening and then you know what I'm talking about, but like, <laughs> like, like, let's just get the the quick ones done and like, then it kind of goes like in the corner, like we did it, check it off the list. But I think there are the evergreen episodes if builders have a podcast, like design studio appointment, prepping for design studio appointment, or like choosing a home site, what to look for a home site, all these things that are like the core. But I still think there could be things that fit. Like right now, we need to be talking about wait lists and and all this. If you have those implemented, essentially educating people so when they do call in. This could just be a resource for them on listening to the podcast um, versus having to have a different. Yeah, I think everyone's taken to heart my original statement of, you know, you just need a, a, a cadre of episodes five to eight to start and mm-hmm. then you can just come back. But then to your point, unfortunately, you too many back. of them are like, yeah, never coming back. Like once a quarter, yeah. once a month, you still probably have something that you can update people with, even if it's just. And, and again, you can denote those differently if you want to, you know, time sensitive episodes versus. Um, actual episodes that are evergreen that you want to, you can alert people to, Hey, you can skip this one if you want to, if, if it's not. And I, yeah, I say that I don't want to guilt them because I feel like if you get six or seven episodes by that point, you're like, Oh, this isn't that bad. At least in my mind, unless you're just doing them all in one day. Well, I remember it's not that bad because we pay another company to do all of our editing and yeah, we, we don't do a true. lot of show prep and everyone who we come on, we don't let them over prepare either. So it, and they do yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of work if you're not outsourcing it a lot work. of those different pieces get, to it. Get in a kind of a groove of like, oh, this is how it goes. Like we turn this thing on, and like as an mics. and as an as an over preparer myself, it was absolutely horrifying to, <laughs> <laughs> to know how little prep we we put in. But it's, obviously, but then I, you'll, I think it's, you'll get used to it. You wing it well, your, yeah, yeah. This, this is, is like six, your, yeah, six, six or seven, I think, around there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So cool. I was just super excited. I'm like, oh, right. Like, and two years from now, like what number will be up to 30, 40, who knows? Yeah. And I think the biggest, the biggest concern people had of is how do I get out in the world? Who does it go to? And you don't need to, um, you know, send it to everyone. I know some people were like, well, I just want to use this as a link in my email. The sales agents put in their email of explaining situations and, um, people can go Mm -hmm. more in depth if they want. So I, I, yeah, people always ask us how we do it and how we do it is not the easy way. Because that's not how Kevin Oakley likes to do a lot of things. But we we use AWS to host the episodes. So hopefully, hopefully, whenever you're downloading it for, to an actual device, it downloads about four times to five times faster than your typical podcast episode. That was just a convenience thing that I wanted to make sure for you guys. If you're downloading it, it's downloads quick. Whereas there are other services like Podbean and SoundCloud and other things where you can you can stream it live. But if you want to download the episode and, and play it offline. It's just painful. There's a couple of podcasts that I, I like, but you know, I want to listen to it now and I have to wait, first world problem, like six minutes for the episode to download. And you're just like, come on. And our episodes on, don't tend to be short. So that's where it's important. But you don't have to use it's it. True. Yeah. 
All right, quick data update uh, from the aggregated data points. I think this is really interesting. So remember, COVID really hit middle of March in terms of everyone's peak panic. So the year-over-year -year stats that I'm talking about now are essentially March over March, uh, month to date. Social ad spending across the board down an average of 30%. Ooh. Paid search spending down an average of 15%. Organic traffic. So now, first we were talking about spend. Now we're talking about traffic. Organic traffic up 50%. That's stupid. That's insane. Right? Especially because of the quality of that traffic and the, yeah. and the innate demand, uh, urgent demand that, that those, those people have. And paid search traffic volume is up 70%. So again, I think what's really interesting, paid search spend down 15, volume up 70, partly a function of organic being up. So there's more searches being done in our space than there was previously. But then also because of that, if you're adjusting your bids appropriately, then mm -hmm. you can get way more for your money now then you, you know, so it used to be that a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars was not an unheard of, none of those were unheard of cost per clicks. And now, depending on the market and the area and the competition, you can get social like spend results like in many craziness. cases. Yeah. We're still, I was, yeah, on a call earlier today reviewing. I'm like, this is, I'm like, just so you know, like this is not normal. Like this is going to change next year, but, but it's intentional. Yeah. Like if you're in between lines, like definitely adjust your bids on Google search. Um, but your, your results will vary. That's super mm -hmm. important to keep in mind. It might yeah. not be that. And okay. one of the things that I talked about in uh, my Lasso webinar is this idea of things compounding on top of each other. And so the messaging that you have on your website and the content that you're showing people in terms of wait list, priority list, sold out, go away, uh, middle finger, we've seen it all. You guys are doing everything <laughs> you can <laughs> from a messaging <laughs> standpoint to, to try to set proper expectations with buyers. But in a couple instances, we saw that bounce rates went up quite heavily because of that. So organic bounce rates going up 20 to 30%. And we look and it's because the builder on every single page has a pop-up that essentially says, go away. There are no homes. There is no future of homes. P.S. We don't sell anything to investors anymore. Like every page, that was the initial pop-up in bright, bold, red font. And so not Stop. surprisingly, organic bounce rate increases 20, 30% paid bounce, bounce rate increases. Um, and so you, you just, you gotta be careful if you're pulling back spend, uh, do it slowly over time. I mean, the first, the first move you can maybe, maybe a little bit bigger, 15%, but then continual movements down. If you're also adjusting messaging and you also have no inventory homes available anymore, and you also have a pop-up that says go away and you're pulling back on your ad spend, that's where you know, things can start compounding and suddenly you catch yourself like, whew, I didn't mean to cut it that much. Just take, take all of those things into account as you're, as you're watching that movement. And then because we love story time so much and I wasn't here last week, I've got a second one. Andrew posted about this, um, on his Instagram page. We shared it out at do you convert as well. But one of the builders we work with Simmons homes went completely viral on their TikTok channel. We had absolutely nothing to do with it. This is not a taking credit for someone else's work story. All them. all them. All them. They hired a new sales and marketing assistant coordinator who had prior experience with the platform and, mm -hmm. and did a fantastic job with the content. One of those videos, just a single one of them now has over 4 million views. And insane. I just wanted to dig in, go, go over and look at Andrew's content or the content do you convert 
to learn more about that. There's nothing wrong with it, but I did spend a little bit of time looking at what did what did those views get us or, or get get them in, in that case from 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 the analytics side. So I looked at the two days after it went viral compared to the two days prior. And that's really when most of the traffic to the website hit was in that two-day period. And about 2,000 additional visitors to the website, I don't have the exact data point on how many views those videos had, but collectively, the one, there are two or three that went viral, one more than others. Let's just say 2 million views as an average. So a 0.1% conversion rate of attention on TikTok to traffic on the website. And then what I did from there is I looked at some of the overall metrics. So session duration dropped by more than half from three and a half minutes down to one and a half minutes, time on site average. Bounce rate increased by 57.5% over those two time periods. And the total number of conversions uh, decreased by, doing quick math here in my head, roughly 20% decrease in total conversions on the site. And then made the segment of converters only in analytics. So now I'm not looking at all the traffic, only those people who converted. And geographically, where did they come from? So then if we give all non-Oklahoma visitors to the website that converted, if we just assume that 100% of those came purely from TikTok, which is, it's a stretch, then there were three. Uh, Two from New Jersey, one from New York. And so, you know, how much does 2 million or 3 million views on a TikTok platform gets you right now, maybe, big asterisks, maybe two to three leads from other states. It's not too exciting. But what what I thought was fun, um, Valerie and Samantha at Simmons, was they were skeptical on the analytics. Like, what did this actually do? Like, that was the first thing. Like, like, so we went viral, but it didn't do anything. We're like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> like, like it, which they, but which, they still opportunity. So, you know, quickly yeah. they changed the, on, on their TikTok profile, the link goes to their Instagram profile, which is smart and, you know, mm-hmm. reached out to her and said, Hey, let's run some type of contest to get as much TikTok love as you can get over to Instagram where the value can be, um, you know, more, more substantial long-term, even if those people aren't all related to your geographic area, they can unlock additional functionality for your page, like the swipe up in stories that you don't have to pay for in an ad, for example. So yep. might as well grab as many of those people as possible. And I think the the other fun part is the it wasn't like this core focus. Like it was and that's what I was excited about. Like it was just something they did. Yeah. Samantha has the TikTok experience. So for her to make these videos, it's just like, okay, yeah, I'll make another one. It wasn't this like, let's have a meeting about it. It's this big strategy. And so I'm like, yeah, this in terms is like of time perfect... and, and energy and dollars invested. It was the appropriate amount. Yes. It made me so excited. I'm yeah. Like, this is perfect. And you went viral. Like it, you got like the, the stars like on it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you, and you understand the long-term goal isn't necessarily yeah. the sales, but the branding. Uh-huh. And we had a round table where uh, Valerie announced this to, I think, 13, 14 other marketers around the country. And what's mm-hmm. so interesting is she said all these kind of same things we were sharing with you. Yep. And then we had another call today, Jackie, with someone who was like, my sales manager, as soon as I told them that story, they immediately jumped to, that's awesome. How do we go viral on TikTok? And she's like, no, wait, you don't understand. That's, <laughs> don't that's understand. not what I was, but it, it is interesting how the human brain works towards that, you know, new shiny, got to try it um, you do. Mm-hmm. approach. 
Yeah, I think I was telling Andrew too, it always reminds me of like, is this another Pokemon Go where everyone's like, how do I become a location? What do I, I need to be mm-hmm. on this. They need to come to our like, models and find Pikachu. Yeah, like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my favorite question on the last <laughs> webinar, by the way. At the end, there was a bunch of sales related questions. I was like, we need a sales trainer on this part of the pod, or the webinar. Mm-hmm. But one of them was, hey, as things adapt, you know, how do we, how do, we do self-touring in our model traps. And what they mean is, you know, you have to come in the first model, then there's fences all around. And to get to the second and third model, you have to walk by the salesperson. So now you're trapped. And it, it just made me chuckle. I was like, hey, again, I'm not Torture. a, I'm not a sales trainer or, but here's my perspective. Let's not use the word trap anymore no. <laughs> at all. Like, <laughs> I don't think we want to trap or need to trap the consumer. Probably best to take the fences down, put a lock on each one of those and just let people get access. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about the on-demand access, no matter which platform you use, is you're getting their contact information that's verified either with a credit card or with a driver's license. And so that's an appropriate trade-off. You want to go see that second home? You don't have to go walk by the sales rep, but we do need to know who you are and we do reserve the right to, to communicate with you about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just I think that's a, that's a fair trade-off. Yeah, it, it made yes. me chuckle though, just this idea that we're yeah. still trapping people as a, Sneaking, get them in the like, as a ploy. Like a All right, moving experiment. on to the news. Got quite a few news items today, but it's a it's a combination of interesting and fun um, pieces. Not not as Good. much in depth. Let's get ultra that. nerdy. But first up from Builder Online. By the way, there's something we need to do with all of the builder related news sites. Uh, we got to find a way to stop like the 15,000 pop-up ads collectively. This is pro builder, builder, <laughs> Inman, like every single one of these news articles. I apologize in advance. You click on the link and you might accidentally buy 15 products or join three other. There's just an okay. obnoxious we amount of- I'll donate like $3 a month. Yeah. Can we just all subscribe again something. to something and get rid of some- Builder Online Premiere or what's- Yeah. From builderonline.com, thank you for for writing this. Lennar announces a $4 billion single-family rental venture. Uh, And so this isn't uncommon, but but kind of a new wrinkle is that builders have been working with single-family rental companies for many years now, but not as overtly. It's been kind of something that, like when I was at NVR, there was whispers of like, hey, we might do some, we don't really talk about it, we might do some of this on the side. And, and uh, now you got Lennar just saying, nope, we're in. And Lennar has, has a history, actually, of investing in a lot of different uh, companies in, in technology and, and finance and other things and um, kind of spinning out those companies. Or uh, they, they do have quite a history of this, but $4 billion single-family rental venture. And the other thing that's interesting about this one is kind of what they're saying is the reason, although I'm not sure I 100% buy the reason, is... Uh, the Upward America Venture continues Lennar's vision of becoming an ESG, that stands for um, Environment, Society, and Governmental, like uh, oversight-driven home building company by making our high-quality homes not only available for sale, but also for rent, with a portion of the homes available with a rent-to-own option. So do we think that this is being done anywhere because we have a dream of home ownership that we need to attain for all <laughs> It sounds very political. Uh, it sounds like a tax break or something. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like, I think if you do a billion dollars worth of anything and then it said, so that 1.25 in capital and then they, they can leverage that up to 4 billion. It's for the money. Like you're going to do this because it's going to make a lot of money. That's a lot of homes is what I saw this. I'm like, how many homes is that? Like, cause that, this is it's a lot. Multifamily, yeah. most likely. Uh, oh no, these are single family. Single family. Yeah. Single family. Um, yeah. 
Four billion. And it's a combination of homes that they're going to acquire and homes that they're going to build too. But I, mm. I just think it's okay. interesting. Like this is definitely a, a, a PR strategy as well. So there's a story within the story here, I guess. One story is Lennar's going into a uh, single family for rent in a big way. Story number one. Story number two, kind of like a side effect that they're trying to get here is we're a company that cares. And that's all I'm asking is if you run the numbers on on rentals, it actually long-term makes you way more money than selling at once. It's just you don't get your money up front. That's what I was thinking about. If you did a, let's say it was more normal for builders to do, I would say a big builder, they did 200 million in rentals per year starting in 1980. Like just put that in Excel. Like how much is that cash flow oh, yeah. per whatever? Like I'm sure it's Especially ridiculous. by year 15, it's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. Then like, yeah, let's just start selling some of those every yeah. X years. And that seems absurd. Um, yeah, and I feel I feel like I just know a lot of people who are just absolutely priced out, not able to save that down payment, and and they want the single family life, and they just mm-hmm. want a yard. And I don't know what that article was. It was a few years ago where it's like most millennials are moving because of their pets. People prefer larger yards, so I I see this as being a successful move for them, and I can see a yeah. lot of other builders uh, being influenced by this decision. Mm-hmm. And I think the the fun part uh, I just think about like where I live, like and where there's not much land, but then you start to go out farther and then like with this much capital you could build like oh i don't want to live with over there but then you could like influence what is developed and you can create some pretty sick like, amenities yeah the, that's what i'm thinking and if you have if you go if the scale is big enough you're essentially doing rent to not rent to own but single family rental master planned with its own coffee shop and yoga studio da, 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 or whatever um, it's just interesting like that the whole, the whole business model continues to be challenged in multiple ways. I mean, we were on a call this last week with a builder who they were planning to develop a, a community the, the normal way. And then they just decided to sell all 140 home sites and then build the homes behind them to an investor. Single investor, single company just says, hey, we'll just pay you. And then you don't have to deal with any customers. Just build the homes. I'm like, yeah, okay. Sounds, sounds good. Like fun that's, for not, a builder, that's not like- twisting my arm. Well, yeah. but they're obviously giving up potential higher profit amounts for consistency of of yeah of the volume and and the work to be done in front of them, and and so it's just it's just interesting. All right, up next from usnews.com, new home sales drop eighteen point two percent in February, but they do remain higher than last year at the same point. And sub headline here is that record cold weather likely put the damper on the red hot housing market. Survey says. I don't buy it. I, I keep talking about this on Twitter, but everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's it's lower? What do you mean? I mean, in the last two hours, another two emails, not selling any more homes for the next foreseeable future. Please help us adjust ads. Hey, we're selling too many homes. Cut back. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the last number I saw from Allie Wolf at Zonda was over 70% of builders using wait lists at this point or priority lists. Like this isn't shocking, but it's not the real story either. Like to try to blame it. Yes, it was a terribly uh, dis- disruptive and destructive cold snap that we had, uh, especially to to those in the Southwest. But they that, make it seem like the market's going down because of an issue, but it's going down because it's so high. Like if sales are, are decreasing because we, we can't build, like we can't keep up with the pace. So we have to pause a bit. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that the the media continues to try to find other reasons to not pay attention to this story. To me, the story should be builders choosing intentionally not to sell homes. I have yet to see a headline about that anywhere, even yeah. though 
most of the major researchers and us and others have been saying this for a while of like, we're intentionally not selling homes. All the data is going to get really weird. Someone that I like a lot on Twitter just said, like, I don't understand why home builder stocks are being punished right now. Like they have good numbers and it's like, if it's not perfect, they're getting punished. And I, my response back was they should be penalized because there is no hope of increased production at meaningful levels, levels for a long time to come. And, and the whole time we keep selling further and further out, the costs just continue to become more and more unpredictable. So the, again, the good news for all of us is we know that our companies have a ton of revenue kind of booked out into the, to the future to an extent that they rarely have ever had or have never had before. The downside is we just can't see the, the costs associated that go with that. And it's even bad for real estate agents out there. From therealdeal.com, <laughs> there are more agents than homes for sale. That's right. Uh, just 1.04 million homes were on the market at the end of January, down 26% from a year ago. And the National Association of Realtors currently has 1.45 million members. So okay, that's an issue. They're you know fist fighting in the streets for listings and opportunities to help their clients right now because there just are no no homes to be found. And I think some element of that article was also talking about, well, I used to work in the restaurant business, so now I'm going to dabble in real estate. So it's just a lot of people, I think, experimenting with position. And, you know, isn't it the stat like most real estate agents only sell one home a year? The majority of them, yeah. Yeah. So. I feel like most real estate agents that sell and are active would be completely fine making it more difficult to become a real estate agent. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. the... Well, that's like, the interesting it, thing like, is there's 5% more hard. agents than there were last year at this time, even though there's 26% fewer houses because yeah. everyone like the market's so good, I should become an agent. And I also think what's interesting to your point, Jackie, is the high number of, of agents who only sell one home are the ones who are going to be affected the most. Like uh, Steve, uh, Sean Carpenter, a friend of the program and, uh, and a member of the Dream Bean Breakfast Club uh, here of in Columbus, Columbus of new, new Home Marketers. <laughs> Uh, he's doing, I mean, he's posting all the time about all the stuff he's got going on and the people he's working with. So the people who are professionals are definitely are the ones who are gaining the lion's share of that opportunity. No, no hands. I would imagine people are a bit more um, particular picking an agent now because they feel like prices are up. There's more at stake. There's more potential. There's for more issue. negotiation for more to be loss. like, well, Redfin does 1%. Uh, I'm going to, what are, what are you doing for me? Is, for is sure. And also, you know, right I've been now. a big proponent of if it's been on the, the, the person and knowing if their home is, is, uh, has good bones, as they say, like you don't need an agent. You can sell the home yourself, you know, run some Facebook ads, do a force sale by owner listing on Zillow, send the Facebook traffic to that ad. It's, you know, yes, you have to take some awkward phone calls and, and do the negotiation yourself. And that's annoying. But I had good friends of ours reached out and they're like, Hey, we're going to sell our home in, in central Pennsylvania. And what do you, what do you think we should do? And I was like, actually, I would get an agent right now. Like you, you don't want to have 40 offers coming to you in the first day and have to sort through them all and communicate back to everyone. <laughs> it's like more now, more yes, than ever. Haha. <laughs> see what I did there. Uh, now more than ever, you need an agent because who wants to deal with all those people? It's like, who wants to be an online salesperson right now and have to, you know, 100% of your leads are responsive. That's not, that's not that was supposed to be. You know, we were talking the other day, like we used to say 150 to 250 leads, new leads per month per OSC, but that was when, you know, 30 to 40% were responsive. Now when 90% of them are responsive, yeah. that number still what's, doesn't work. What's the number now? You get 60, yeah. like what's the yeah. actual number? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I would think our new house, 
I'd be comfortable selling um, myself. Our old house, which was 60 years old, all this stuff. Like, nah, we need a real estate agent to, to do with that. That's a, that's a lot of leads, the OSCs. Is there, do you think there'll be new numbers coming up with that post-COVID? There's like new oh, numbers every sure. year now, like the new conversion. I feel like every, any data like from in three years here on out, yeah, a hundred years in the future is going to need an asterisk for this year. Like we yeah. were, I think Kevin and I were talking, we're like, what is this going to be in the history? Obviously like COVID-19 years, but it's like the gap year, the missing year. So it'll, it'll <laughs> need a name for I, it. I yeah. And, and again, with, with the market conditions, it's hard to know where it's going to keep going because one of the people who sent me the email today about, you know, we're shutting down all sales for an unforeseeable point of time in this market, replied mm-hmm. back and said, great, what's happening with the online salespeople? What are they doing? Can people still meet? And the answer came back with no, they're not able to set any appointments. No one's talking to anyone for the foreseeable future. And so that, like, what do you do with that data point, Andrew, in I terms know. of what's the... I don't know. Their numbers are awful. Their commission's awful. Their appointment... Ugh. That gets compl- That gets really complicated. I'm glad that's not in my wheelhouse of, of management. Well, that's why you have to keep going back to this concept of what do I need to do to help my company and my team members in the current market and in, you know, 2026, like what's, what, what's likely going to be the, whenever those things overlap, that's what we need to be spending time on. So if your builder is only going to be in that situation for 15 days, like, yeah, try to do some stuff to help. But at the same point it's 15 days come and gone. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, more good news from Inman.com. box Brownie to cut prices amid COVID fueled surge in business. Oh, so we've nice been, of them big fans of this company for the last four years. I think we talked about it. Well, we, we didn't talk about it publicly for a while. It was a secret weapon of ours, but then uh, about four years ago, we brought it to the world and they're doing amazing. And they have dropped their prices in some cases by as much as I think 30, 40% on some of these things. So it's quite a bit. Check out boxbrownie.com and good job, and- Peter, uh, who's head of sales there for convincing everyone. And most yeah. companies would try to take advantage of the fact that they could make more money as their services continue to surge. But and there was a, a question in the Margaret Marketing Group about using um, Box Brownie to to host virtual tours. It'd mm-hmm. be interesting yep. if there's just provide feedback on that. If you didn't yeah. see the post. Um, they can host the tours. They also can take any of the content that you shoot, even if fr- from any camera and help you turn it into the 360s. Uh, similar to Imaviewer, which is another um Imaviewer is probably uh, Jeff Turner's connected to that organization. I love Jeff and they'd probably be who I would start with first, but box Brownie, of course, if you're doing a lot of other things with them, keeping everything in one house, maybe it's more convenient, but as an example, previously charged $32 to create an image of a room filled with virtual furniture. Now that cost would be $24. So we were never talking about <laughs> giant numbers to begin with, but no. still add a couple zeros to it. Saving money is see what it feels saving like. money. It's true. And the last one from MarTech Today. Uh, I miss this website. I haven't been here in a while. YouTube experience with automated lists of products detected in videos. Jackie, what's up with this? Yeah, you can be watching a review on a phone and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like swipe up to purchase this phone. And so I, I know Andrew and I kind of discussed, you know, in terms of the money that YouTubers are able to make from affiliated links might be affected and um, just seeing how I think this plays out in the future in terms of just immediate solutions to videos you're watching. Or I think there's videos where it's like, oh, you, you like that person's shirt. And it's like, like this person's outfit, buy it now. And it just seems, <laughs> what does the future of advertising and marketing look like? And they're they're already paving the way and with experimenting with these uh, video ads. Yeah. And they're also experimenting with a new way to get 
I don't know why Twitter is the one example here. There's obviously better, more important platforms from a from a size and scale of the audience, but the social media company is testing new ways to view YouTube videos inside the Twitter app that would mm. allow the same functionality to continue. Um, so that's interesting, just trying to make YouTube more of a uh, in-stream viewing experience regardless of the platform you're on versus having to click on it and go away and... It'd be interesting if they are using uh, visual, like they're they're mining what the video looks like, or if they're taking audio, like how they're actually extracting what. Mm. Like, hey guys, it's Andrew. I'm reviewing the Lumix G9 camera today, or, or are they? My hunch is both. Text, or like, what are they are doing? Are they crawling the titles? Or are they? What are they? What data are they crawling? Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. My hunch is it'll be all of it because they already have to do very extensive audio scrub of everything for copyright infringement, and yeah. then they've got obviously. Um, computer vision can, can do a good job identifying the category and then maybe take the title and, and other words that are said. I think, you know, there's obviously going to be some missteps. So can you imagine just like, well, this phone's terrible. This is the worst. Look at it. Screen cracked. Want to buy this phone? You know, so it's gonna (laughs) shows like a blender or something. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Will it blend? Will it blend? Yeah. It'll be interesting. Oh, the phone that's destroyed. So Coming up next week as well, we're going to have Brett on from the Zillow new construction team, and he's going to go through all of the juicy details of Zillow's new construction consumer housing trends report for 2021. And uh, we'll we'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes for this episode, so you can go ahead and, and download your copy. That way, you could follow along with us in real time. It'll be like a, a reading rainbow edition of the podcast. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> and. Now we're going to go over to the question of the week. As you are able to reduce advertising spend due to the best market ever, where are you reinvesting those resources? You can continue to add your own answers to this. We'll leave it open uh, until this episode airs, the the, the 24 hours after it goes live. But as of right now, 53% of you responded. Multiple answers are allowed, by the way. 53% said that you're investing in additional content, photos, videos, renderings, et cetera. That made Kevin Weitzel very happy. Uh, Kevin also voted or tried to vote on that particular category five times just on his own, just FYI. (laughs) It only lets you do it once, Kevin. Uh, Website, 27%, improving the website or upgrading the website uh, features or the site itself. 12% of you said, we just pocket the money for a rainy day, save the budget for later. 5%, 5%, which this was shocking, only 5% said that you're working on online shopping, design, or sales-related tools. So mm-hmm. just for clarification, we're talking about like uh, Rendering House or Rumored or um, Envision from BDX. These are trying, uh, even LotView, so any type of lot live, live home site-related um, tools, something that more of an e-commerce applied to home building functionality, only 5%. And then 3% of you said others. And in the comments so far, we've got investing in content and tools, but specifically to improve the customer experience between contract and move-in. Mm, so I'm not like trying that. to focus on new sales at all, but making sure that customers are happy. And then um, this other person just said something that she could have voted on. I think she just wanted to, 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 to say comment more on, everyone specifically. Everyone comment about, too. I love yeah. it. Go ahead and comment. And for everyone who votes or comments, $50 gift card will be drawn at random 24 hours after this episode goes live. So go ahead and get into that Facebook group and check it out. All right. Question on this. While we're talking about content, 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 you're investing. Do you think there's a tipping point of I'm going to invest $80,000 in video and I'm going to invest $80,000 in video pictures, et cetera, this year, 2021? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there a magical tipping point where you go, I'm just going to find someone and have them full time 
even if they're maybe not W two, not where like, I thought you were going to go. But yeah, I for, want like for sure because I'm thinking if I'm gonna pay eighty thousand dollars for content, like I could have someone work forty hours a week. Yeah. It that 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 answer is going to be so dependent on the company you work for because there's companies that are like, yeah, absolutely, go hire that person, no problem. And then there's other people who, even if you said Andrew, you were going to spend eighty thousand dollars, they'd be like, well, you can mm-hmm. hire someone, but you can only spend forty. You're like, like uh, what? and then they talk about, well, there's <laughs> That's not you the know, same. <laughs> benefits and ta- you know all, uh, all these other expenses, and then we have to let that person go, and then we might still have to pay them for unemployment, and so you get and spend for it. So there, yeah, it's maybe a contractor. It, yeah, I think that's the smartest play is a specific contractor that you can have the conversation. This might become more if this works out, and have the understanding that they're open to that or, or knowing that they're open to that. And that's the other thing: if someone ever comes to you and says, "Hey, Andrew, you just spent." $80,000 on content, we need to cut it back. That would be my first thing. Well, no problem. Let's bring this person in house and yeah. give them salary and benefits yeah. and pay them 65. And then I imagine vetting that person's hard because I'm just thinking about like photography video. You're like, what did you get done this week? Well, it's like, well, it takes me 20 hours to edit this. And you're like, you made one thing this week or f- photos if they're super. There are absolutely. I mean, there, there are builders that we work like, with and builders we don't work with who have full time video and photography people who do less than 100 homes a year right now. I so think that's there's, amazing. I think that's awesome. It's about prioritization and mm-hmm. and how you think about that for sure. What I thought, where I thought you were going to go, in, is there a tipping point in terms of too many pictures? Oh no, there's too never many too videos. Many pictures. There, there isn't, but there is definitely something about over-indexing again into one category ah, too far. That is so. True. We're talking to someone, and they're like, "Got all the pictures, Kevin. Look, this is so great." And and they do have all the pictures when it comes to floor plans and models. Like there's still no pictures of your communities or the areas around where you live. Like that's still an important part of of this process, especially as you've got the great reshuffling going on and people looking at moving from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You need to like you can't leave it up to the Google map view of the five mile radius to try to tell the story of what it's no. like to live here. I know. Or like where I live, like my house still isn't on Google. Like our it's a piece of dirt. So that would look really goofy on there versus hey, your photographer needs a drone shot of Yep. Like coming into the neighborhood. Go get that feel. Okay. Yeah. And if people are looking for resources and they have a very small team, I know we don't necessarily always talk about the resource, but I personally would always use upwork.com. You can kind of vet people, find people, mm-hmm. assign, you know, and I think it's just a great um, tool to utilize versus, oh, your sons, cousins, friends, brothers, neighbors does that. Okay. Give me their contact information. Cause I can't tell you how many times someone was like, oh, I, I know a guy. It's like, I don't, I don't want it. Wanna, never works out, I feel like. It never works out. It's always uncomfortable. And I feel like you, you're just going to yeah. burn a relationship. So it's always yeah. sometimes better to not utilize family members or neighbors. Just hire someone. Yeah, with a there's a good background. friend of mine who they, I just, I, I think it's just a personality type of anything you mentioned. They're like, I know a guy or a gal or someone. I'm like, uh, no. I know compet- your guys. Competence first, please. <laughs> and then we can have people. you knowing them be a tiebreaker, but competence first. Yeah. Like, let me see their work. Well, you know, I'm okay. Forget <laughs> versus Upwork. Yeah, yeah. Here's our portfolio. Here's how their turnaround time. Like it's okay. all. Okay. The, the two things I was, I was going to go to, this is not in the show notes. It's going to freak Jackie out. Um, but to, <laughs> no, just as a joke, I'm just like teasing. I know. The, uh, the first one is there's something really cool coming. I promise you, I know everyone loves to do this, but we don't get to do it very often, but there's something really cool that we're working on with some really cool, important people in the industry. And I can't wait to talk about it. But that's all. That's just a that's just a full on tease, is what that is. And you can't uh, bribe us. Well, it's coming. <laughs> and you can't <laughs> bribe us. Sooner. And then the other thing is just group brainstorming here. So Market Proof Marketing Academy has been phenomenal. 
Uh, both of them sold out very quickly. We did one in the winter, one in the spring. And again, we've been testing this for over a year and a half, two years at this point, brought it live. We've, we've kind of realized, I think Andrew, that the best format for this probably is virtual. So even as things get back to being in person, there's just mm -hmm. not a good way to cover the amount of material that we cover. If you did, if you, you'd have to do like two marathon 12 hour sessions where everyone would yes. literally be passed out, including us. And you could tell like the end of the, when we've done them in person, the second day, like the mental energy like, is let's just, just like eat ice cream and talk to each other. Yeah, Cause it's just, it dead. becomes, like it's, it becomes a lot. So we've spaced it out over three days, made it virtual. And that's good because we can do essentially one third of the day or, or a little less than half. And then you can have that time to reset your brain, to go over notes, to do some homework and then come back. So as we get back to normal and we start having in-person events, we want to do them. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I have some thoughts about how to do them, but I don't think it's in the form of the academy because the academy needs that kind of three days virtual, no travel necessary. You can have your, your own setup in front of you. Yep. So the first question is, if there was something that happened around the end of this year, around the holidays, but not in the middle of the holidays, that would allow a small group of people to get together, maybe up to 20, and do a brainstorming mastermind type discussion. Um, we would lead that discussion. But one, is there interest in that? Again, um, we can put a quick Q&A in the, in the Facebook group or just shoot me a note anywhere on the socials or at show at doyouconvert.com. Would that be capped at a certain size you're thinking? I'm just uh, thinking probably because like, we still have the okay. summit as we talked about before. Yeah. We still have that in August. Like, this oh, would be a 200 people want to do things, a smaller, a smaller <laughs> group. Um, but yeah, if we were to get in a group of people in person to talk around a specific topic, what do you need the most assistance with, or what would you find to be the most valuable? Cause I definitely keep people keep like, I'm ready to get out there. Other people are ready to have us be out there. Uh, obviously we want to do it safely, but also just want to make sure that the, the venue and the, and the breadth of what we're trying to plan matches and aligns with what people really need. So. Yeah. Cause the point would be to take advantage of what you can do in person versus virtual. Right. So there's no reason to do something that is like there's the no reason to do a webinar easy, in front of you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So it has to be different and make use of everyone in the room. Operative. Yeah, and I know we just sent out that mass survey to, you know, the thousands mm -hmm. of people on our interest list. Definitely, I think a great utilization of sending out another survey with more specific questions and, and trying to just get a feel for the room, especially, and I, I think it's going to also have to be a little closer. You're right, as things do open up and people get comfortable, I think the market is going to shift and the questions are going to be different because obviously mm -hmm. the, the needs right now are varying. That's right. Okay. Sweet. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. All right, everyone. So for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. Thanks. Have a good one. See ya. We'll see you next week. Bye.